Hi, I'm Lydia Wietzma with Revelation Real Estate, and today in our podcast, Solving Life's Next Chapter, we have Sarah Perkins with Lawyer's Title, and thank you for coming, Sarah. Thanks, Lydia. Thanks so much for inviting me. <laughs> well, this is kind of um, a dry subject. A little bit. Uh, it's t- we're going to be talking about title nightmares and some issues that have come up, and just recently we've talked about a few that have come up. And But it's really important to know about these issues because people don't know what they don't know, and they don't know that they're in these issues until after they're in the issue and they're dealing with the two of us. So um, first off, tell us about yourself and about lawyer's title. Well, thank you so much. And like she said, I'm Sarah Perkins with Lawyer's Title. I've been there 15 years, and I've always been on the sales and marketing side, supporting escrow officers, supporting our, you know, our clients, real estate agents, loan officers, and the buyers and sellers, and providing full service title and escrow, and getting them, you know, from the point of selling a property, buying a property, and what can unfortunately sometimes be a nightmare in between. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get that been as there, smooth done out that. as possible. <laughs> yes. So, but. For those people that don't know, title is, the way you take title in Arizona is the way the property is put in someone's name. Is that correct? Correct. Is that kind of the basic general? Basic. So what we do is when you want to buy a house Mm -hmm. and somebody else is selling it, we provide a guarantee that you are the only owner. There's nobody else kind of lingering with any... Uh, you know any rights to that property so right. we are giving you an insurance policy that says it is yours and yours alone right and when we say yours that is how they hold title right. is how do you select to own to that property it. and how will it move on if you want when you either sell it somebody passes away right. you add people to title that kind of thing is okay. how it's set up initially draws the path of where you're going to have to go next. Right. And I think, too, that people don't realize. So people start doing things like quick claim deeds and things like that, and they don't realize that that can cause issues later on when they're trying to sell them. So so you and I actually recently talked about uh, a situation where um, I had been called in because I had a, a gentleman and his girlfriend 97-year-old gentleman with an 84-year-old girlfriend, and they bought their house 25 years ago. So, and a lot of seniors, when they get older and they're having second marriages, they a lot of times they don't get married because there's other reasons. Either there's um, adult children involved, or maybe they've got some sort of a pension that they'll lose if they get married, or or ben- VA benefits, or whatever the situation is. So a lot of times, seniors will end up just living together and not technically getting married. So this couple ended up buying a house 25 years ago and putting it in. Um, remind me, it was in joint deed with... Joint tenants with right of right survivorship. Of okay, yes. so joint tenants with right of survivorship. 25 years later, he is now having to be moved into an assisted living, and she, um, the family member of the woman does not want her, they don't want their mother to move in with him, which is a whole different subject in itself. But the problem is, is that um, now you have a situation where you have to, now you've got uh, fighting going on between the families of what do we do with the house? Do we sell it? Does she buy his half of it? And they're not willing, she 
I, when I say she, um, we'll her call family. her. We'll call her uh, Jill. Jill's family doesn't want her to do anything because they know that if he, Jack, we'll call him Jack, if Jack passes away first, she will end up with the house. Correct. And they don't realize that that really they got together 25 years ago. They probably should stay together anyways. But um, side note. <laughs> But now we're in a situation where the families are now fighting against each other. And the only way, my understanding, tell me if this isn't true, the only way to revoke that joint tenancy with rights of survivorship is to sell or give that half of that property into another entity. So what they did was um, Jack's family put his half into his trust, which it wasn't in originally because if anything were to happen, he wanted her to have the house. So now they had to revoke the 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 right the joint tenancies with rights of survivorship so before we go too far into that i want to make sure so when we talk about joint tenants with the right of survivorship there are different ways to take title and whether or not you add it's called an acceptance of adding the right of survivorship that means that when one of the owners passes away the title goes into the other owner okay and that is can be when whether or not you're married or, you know, kind of can be tenants in common, that can be joint tenants, it could be married, uh, community property. So there's different ways to take title, okay. but whether or not you have that right of survivorship matters. Okay. So the right of survivorship does guarantee that Jack's portion- So you, portion want, you would, want that right of survivorship on any of those if you are husband and wife or moving in with somebody or anything like that, maybe a son and a daughter, uh, or any type of, okay, so that kind of clears that so up. So there's essentially three ways. I'm going to back up and then I'll go back okay. and, and talk about Jack and Jill. But there's essentially three ways, only three ways to keep property if it's out of probate. Okay. A will does not convey title. Yep. So that is one thing. Just because there's a will that exists, it does not do anything to influence title. Right. The that's three probably ways, a big, that's huge. probably the most misunderstood situation because people come from other states and they say oh i have a will but they don't have a trust and they don't realize that it can still go through probate so yeah so those three ways include the right of survivorship so you know what how it is set one one of the couple passes away the other one gets it that's what the rights of survivorship means gotcha or you can put the property in a trust which now is an entity it doesn't have right of survivorship because it doesn't live or die okay and then the third way is a beneficiary deed it's probably the easiest way yeah and what that does is you can even have right of survivorship first but say both husband and wife or boyfriend girlfriend or anybody they pass away then it there's a beneficiary deed that's also been recorded behind the initial vesting deed okay it basically states that now when they pass away title just moves it just goes straight in and that beneficiary deed is now how titles held no probate, nothing. Okay. It's just and done. it can go to either family member or whomever friend or you whoever select. they want. Okay, that makes sense. Whomever okay. you select. Oftentimes okay. it's the kids. Right. Where, you know, mom and dad don't want to give their house to the kids now. They don't want them on title, but right. down the road this keeps it again out of probate. Right, that makes sense. Okay. So with the right of survivorship and looking at this particularly with Jack and Jill mm-hmm. and they are 
you know, they each have their own respective families right. that they want to take care of with their portion of the property. Right. So what he did by having it removed, an attorney had to remove yeah, that. It did. Create yep. documentation, get it recorded. It's very specific, very important that it's done properly. Right. And that was removed and his portion was put into a trust. Mm-hmm. What that means is he can have his children or whomever he selects as the successor trustee, and that person will get his portion of the property. Okay. Now, if Jill opts to get her own trust or opts to do something else, she can do that. Then, you know, she can have her successor trustees, whoever will then obtain the property or obtain, you know, um, the options to sell or do whatever with the property after she passes. Right. However, now that you have two separate trusts, both both whoever the trust you know the successor trustees are both of them will have to sign to agree to sell the property because they are both 50 50. okay one can buy the other person's interest out yep whatever it is they both have to come to an agreement okay and that's the way again it'll keep it out of probate by doing this but it doesn't eliminate the fighting that goes on between a family so in that case i'm assuming it would be best if they had put it in their own separate trusts their half and then put another trust on top of it explaining what they maybe wanted to do with just that house and just the things that they have had over the last 25 years. So, so and you can do amendments to trust. So there okay. can be updates, but keep in mind for the title company, we need the whole trust. We need any amendments. Right. We need everything because that will give us the exact steps that we need in order to move forward to, you know, provide clear title to the buyers. Right. So you can have amendments. Again, you want to go through a professional who prepares these. (laughs) But it can have, because if she doesn't put it in a trust, Mm -hmm. she can do a beneficiary deed for her her portion. Okay. If she does not do a beneficiary deed and if she does not have a trust and we have removed the rights of survivorship, so now that that will go to probate. Her portion will go to probate. And the challenge with probate is it's slows everything down significantly. Yes. And, you know, probates can be done quickly when the information is readily available. Right. But we've seen them drag out over a year and we've seen them take 10 days. Yeah. And I, as a certified probate real estate specialist, I have seen that as well. So, <laughs> And it also depends too, I mean, it also de- depends how the family dynamics are. Correct. Sometimes you have siblings fighting against each other and that can be a whole nother um, cavalot to the whole situation. Yes. So having, having title um, done correctly to begin with is really important. Think forward thinking of what could happen in 25, 30, 40 years down the road if you don't have it put in title correctly to begin with. And I know that um, talking to a lot of my attorneys, a lot of folks that aren't married will put their uh, homes in joint tenancies with rights of survivorship, which is kind of the the normal one. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can do it. Mm -hmm. You can put you can put it in title other ways, but that kind of eliminates it 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 makes it makes the other person know that if something happens to you that other person is taken care of and that's why they do it that way to begin with but then when there's other things that happen years down the road that's when you end up with situations and things like that so um, and then I had another one that came up recently that you and I talked about where husband and wife uh, actually own the property and wife passed away husband now wants to sell the home 
Tell us those types of issues that can come up, um, probate issues versus non-probate issues when they don't have a trust, when they don't have the home in a trust. Okay. So thank you. And, and one thing just to, to feed off of what Lydia was saying too, it's everything is great until it's not. <laughs> exactly. And so exactly. you want to just prepare for that because it's <laughs> not, you know, we know life changes too much. It's absolutely. And you just want to say, what is your goal? Right. What do you want? So right. when you have a husband and wife. Right. Minnie and Mickey. Right. <laughs> Minnie passed away. We did look. We did some research. That's one of the things you always want to research what has been Abs- recorded. Absolutely. And that is going to be where we can get the, the information. Right. It did have a right of survivorship. We're good to go. Right. If it did not have a right of survivorship, then now we're talking about probate. Okay. And that would be for her portion. Yep. So, and again. So half of the home has to go through probate. Correct. Okay. And then based on what that looks like when you go through with working with a probate attorney right that you work you know go through that he will tell you what the steps are required for the next Mm -hmm. you know the next piece and like we were talking about it can slow transactions down absolutely we are in a time where transactions are only moving faster a long a long kind of escrow period is 45 days. Yeah, that's true. 30 is normal, but we do them in two weeks all the time. And right. especially when you're dealing with cash transactions, which we do a lot with seniors, yeah. they want to move them quickly. And if we run into a probate challenge, well, now we just slowed it down by minimum 10 days, 10 right. business days, right. if not longer, if it can run into things. And, and one thing to always keep in mind in Arizona, it is a community property state. Right. So if we have heirs, you know, say the probate attorney finds that there are uh, children, may or may not be married, and those children are entitled to a portion of the property. Yep. If those children are married, if those children are divorced, remarried, all that fun stuff, right. have to follow the whole chain right. to get clear title. Right. And that's all when it's it's been previously done with a title company because every time you go through a title company, mm-hmm. you get a new policy. It's it's basically covers you backwards. It's right. a little confusing. It's kind of opposite of homeowners insurance that covers you forward. Forwards. Okay. We cover backwards. Okay. And what that means is if you you know or any homeowner, and we saw this a lot over the years, and when the market is good, people like to add people to title and you mentioned the quick claims and the quick claim deeds and let's add this person and we used to see like you get two percent of my portion and this and this and we'll see people deeding 50 percent of their portion to four you know all these different people and then again the research has to go with are they married right what's next with following that who gets what basically and we have to go back further because we need to have you know affidavit of uninsured deed signed there's a whole lot of busy work that will exactly that and everybody's got to be willing to sign that paperwork too and findable we have to find findable yes that's a huge thing and i think too that um people don't realize so arizona we use Um, real estate agents and title um, escrow folks, where in other states, especially back east, they just use attorneys. And so sometimes you will find people here, like for sale by owners, that that won't go through title. They'll go through their attorney and they'll say, and the attorney will say, oh, I can put a deed together and I can do that. Well, I have a situation right now with one of my listings where that that went through. They um, bought a, a little condo with cash and it it basically was done by an attorney in another state who didn't know our deeds and thought they knew what they were doing every state has different now we're trying now we're trying to sell it and we come to find out that 
um, it wasn't deeded correctly, and the guy that they bought it from has passed away. And when he passed away, he did not have he didn't have his portion of that in the trust. So now we have to go through what's called an affidavit of transfer, um, and that there's stipulations on how you. Mm-hmm when you can do that versus a full-blown probate. Mm-hmm. And um, luckily for us, that's what we can do is a, a um, affidavit of transfer. And that's going to be a whole lot better than having to do what's called quiet title, okay. which can take a year. All oh that's, my and gosh, it's, really? Yeah. Quiet title goes through the courts, and it's basically where the courts, somebody passed away, okay. no will, probate was done, everything, but now, but they're still on title. So the only way to go out is it's got to go through the courts, and a judge has to remove them from title. Wow. And it, it, it literally takes a year? Six to 12 months. Wow. Depending on the compl- complexity of it, because okay. now we're working with the courts, it, it's going in front of a judge. It's getting the right. judge to sign off. Yep. It is just so much deeper. And fortunately, with the systems we have in technology today, we can often find people or find errors or you know right. kind of get there. But right. quiet title does come up, and it basically makes it impossible for the owner to sell the property until they get quiet title cleaned up. Now, it can have the quiet title taken care of. At any point when somebody owns a property, if they see or know that there's going to be challenges, you can do quiet title. You don't have to wait till the time you sell it. Okay, gotcha. Okay, that's good to know. Okay. I did not realize. So it basically is going, quiet title is going through the probate courts because I'm assuming that's the court that they have to go through is the probate court because I know these affidavit of um, transfers also are going through the probate court, even though they're not technically a full-blown probate, it still has to go through that that portion of the court process. Yeah, and, okay. it's, and it's basically saying like this person is either vanished, you know, passed on, there's nothing, no heirs, nobody can sign off on this portion wow. and it's the only way to have them does removed. that Does that happen quite a bit out here? It doesn't happen, you know, I can say I've been with my company 15 years and of that in the transactions that I've been aware of that we're working on, three, four times. Okay. I mean, it's very uncommon. It, right. used to, it used to happen a lot more, but again, technology has been our benefit yeah. on that because we can find anybody. Right. <laughs> right? Like. Exactly. It's it's um, just putting the dots together, yes. basically. Yes. But people don't realize, I think, too, that um, what you guys do as title companies is you make sure everything is clean and clear so that it can be sold again. Correct. So because nobody wants a property, if it doesn't have clean and clear title, um, nobody's going to hold on to a property forever. It just isn't going right. to be the case. Right. So the only way to resell it is to be able to get title insurance and to have clean and clear title. And that's that's really yes. what it boils down to. You don't get title insurance without clear title title. And okay. so, and, and I'll kind of hop off of what Lydia was saying is you're right. In other states, there's attorneys that do it or right. in California, title and escrow are separate. Here in Arizona, oh. title and escrow is one company. You have okay. your one escrow officer. Yep. She's working with the title. She's working with probate. She's working with whatever, but right. it's kind of the one person is juggling all the balls. Right. And it makes, it does make it more smooth because in right. other states, each party has their own attorney. Right. So this way they are, they're working on it, getting clear title because 
anybody who wants to buy a house, mm-hmm. if they're getting a, lo- a loan from anybody but like their mom, right, <laughs> right. They the lenders require title insurance because right. they want to protect their their investment. Mm-hmm. So to so to sell it to someone who's getting a loan, that's another reason to make sure that it can, um, because the only other way to sell it would be cash. And that's only if the cash buyer is willing to buy it, knowing that it's got these clouds on title and it might be an issue. Almost never does a buyer, is a buyer willing to take it kind of warts and all. Right. It is a very rare time and it could be just maybe an an outstanding lien is small enough that they say, you know what, it's still worth it to me. Right. But it is, I mean, almost never. Yeah. I know some other things that we've done over the years together um, that have caused some delays and some issues is um, a lot of a lot of times, not a lot of times, but sometimes family members will use their home as collateral for, say, bail bonds people mm-hmm. if they happen to have mm-hmm. a family member that got put in jail and they need to bail them out for whatever reason. And the bail bonds use homes as collateral and people don't realize that 30 years down the road after you were being that good Samaritan Mm -hmm. to your family member and now they've cleaned up their act there's still that lien on your house unless the bail people have removed it and nine times out of ten they usually haven't and so that's that's one I know that's come up a lot with that's come up Mm -hmm. Um, child support comes up Uh, college uh, loans you know the loans there's certain things any we've seen a lot of of kind of the you know I don't want to call them lenders but people can put uh, tax liens, HOA yeah. liens. Yes, I do a know. A lot of things can be put as a lien that they leverage the house. It says, I'm going to make you pay me no matter what. what? Yep. You can't until you, you know, pay this off. Now, yep. for some of these older ones, you know, with a bail bonds or with certain things, especially if it's more of a private lien and right. say, say the, that lender, say the private lien holder, or say that bail bonds company is gone now. Right. Who signs off? How does that work? Oh, and so that's yeah. kind of straightening that out. Now there is a process behind it and it's right. always, you know, it's kind of- It always takes more time. Yes. <laughs> Probably costs more yes, money. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's, it's always like, if this, then that. Right. You know, you always want to think of, and, and while you're on that, I want to make sure Home equity lines of credit, they put a lien on your house. Yes. And people don't always realize that, that they may say that they want to carry it because that's helping with the business or whatnot. Right. No, that's a lien on your house. Right. And it has to be removed and in they order have to, to get a clear title. Not only do they have to pay it off, but then they have to ask for it to be released. Uh, released. Okay. So that's really important to make sure mm-hmm. that that gets, and not only just released, but they need documentation that it's been released mm-hmm. so that when they go to sell the property, they can say, I have this letter from the institution. Because sometimes those institutions have gone away. And same thing as the bail bonds people, you know, they come and go in the middle of the night. And then who do you get to sign off on that? And there's ways that we can do it depending on how, when it was originated, how it was, you know, all the different things. It's always that if this, then that kind of scenario where, we will have to do our due diligence based on the information that we have and okay. we can go after it. And sometimes we'll even get the release when we order the payoff and okay. then they comes out because we can get something that says, oh, it's a zero balance, but it's not been released. So mm. then we would obtain the release directly. We record it ahead of things and move on. And it's So the release is something that has to be recorded as well. 
Correct. Okay. So just like when we're talking recording um, situations, um, uh, death certificates also have to be recorded as well. Not always. No. Oh, okay. So I did not know it's, that. Uh, we need we we often will ask for an original, and that's when we're recording it. Okay. We will ask for a copy, and so basically, when the title owners or the people in title right. say they own it as husband and wife, not right. in a trust. Okay. We need the original because that kind of shows the the flow of title of who who yeah. When it's a trust, because again, it's an entity, we just need a copy of it to okay. map it out and show how our process went, but it's not something that we need to record because okay. it's, so, you know, again, it's that if this, then that type right. thing, but either way, we'll need a copy or the original of, of that a death, death certificate. certificate. That's interesting. I did not realize that. So only if the home is not in a trust is when it would need to be recorded ahead Correct. of time. Okay. Because that maps out why so why one person is signing, signing for it off on when it. Yep. signing for both sides yep. when it was had it previously. And, and even with listing agreements, people don't realize because I deal with a lot of probate, as yes. you know, or, yes. or guardianships. I do a lot of guardianships, as I'm doing a listing right now down in Sun Lakes that um, the husband is is selling the home because he's moving into assisted living, and the wife is going through. We're going through a guardianship because she is going into memory care. So because they don't have a trust in place, we have to go to basically, it's like a probate while the person is alive so that he can sign off on her portion yes. when we end yes. up getting a buyer and it yes. goes through that process. And that's not too dissimilar. You know, it's kind of similar to a power of attorney. You can't right. really, powers of attorney are, you can't do that when, you know, somebody's mentally unclear, which is why you're right. going your route. But a power of attorney, a lot of people say, oh, I've got a power of attorney. Powers of attorney are almost never accepted by a trust, which is why we need to see the whole trust because it okay. will stipulate whether or not they accept it. Yeah. And a power of attorney does not survive death. Yes. So if somebody has a power of attorney, just because, you know, they have it doesn't mean they can use it after that person has passed away. Right. And I think that's probably the biggest misunderstanding when it comes to adult children dealing with their parents. Because I get a lot of that, too, when I'm sitting there taking the listing and I see that it's not in a trust and they're like, oh, well, I had a power of attorney. And I say, well, but power of attorney is only for when the person is alive. Yes. So that if you can't make a decision on finances or, or medical decisions, that's when the power of attorney takes over. Correct. But when that person has passed, the it's trust done. takes over. Correct. And if they don't have a trust, that's when it's got to go through probate because now the probate court has to tell us, are you the one that's going to be able to sign off on this house? You know, and people... They don't, and a lot of agents don't realize this as well. So because when you're dealing with, with this type of senior issues like this, they don't realize that all these things come into play. I could take a listing with one signature, but the other person or the, or the, or the person who's taking care of that other person has to be able to sign off for them. Mm -hmm. So the mm -hmm. listing agent needs to know whether they can actually officially sign off on that as a listing because you may take a listing and it might not be the right person to Absolutely. list the home 
always really important to do your research and your homework ahead of time. time. You know, reaching out to your title company, getting all of the recorded docs, finding out what liens you're going to be up against anyhow. Yes. Uh, You know, pre-opening escrow, we talk about that and just let's get our ducks in order. Yes. Just pre-opening escrow is just a huge, because you can find out all the issues right up front before it ends up even maybe even going on the market Mm -hmm. or before you end up getting a buyer. You can go through some of the court processes or some of this paperwork or investigation of who you need to find and sign off on documents before you even get it listed. So, And, and sometimes you'll want a power of attorney even at the time of listing. Right. One thing to note, if you have a medical power of attorney, that's not going to be sufficient for a title company. Right. We like to create the power of attorney. Oh, okay. That is actually one thing that you say, here's my listing. It's at 123 Main Street. We're going to need a power of attorney for this person. This person will create that power of attorney. We know because our our scope, again, is only going to be specific to the property. Right. So that's when, and if there is an existing one, as long as it's specific to the real estate, to to real estate or the specific property, we can use it. It just needs to be approved. When we create it, we don't have to go through any approval process. Gotcha. Okay. So that's really important to know. Because a lot of people have trusts in place, but they don't realize that maybe the documentation is maybe maybe they did it 25 years ago. Maybe it's maybe it wasn't updated. Maybe the attorney that did it, maybe the rules have changed about how they do those types that of things. Happens. And I always like to tell people, first off, get a trust in place or do a beneficiary deed so that mm-hmm. it doesn't go through probate. Sure. But make sure it's done correctly. Because I had a situation, and I don't know if you remember this one, Sarah, years ago. I think you guys helped me with this one. So I had the buyer for a house um, and the agent took the listing from an adult daughter because mom and adult daughter own the home together. So it was 50-50. Well, mom ended up in an assisted living and state was paying for it. So they had applied for all tax or some sort of state assistance. Because what the daughter did before she put her mom on state assistance was she put a quick claim deed on the house in her name, thinking, oh, I'll put the quick claim deed in my on my in my name and then we can go to state assistance and we'll be okay. Well, while we went through that process, it was Andrea that found that there was a um, a lien from the state on the property and it was. Andrea that actually um, went to the state. It took a while to figure out who to talk to in the state because mm-hmm. now you're dealing with an entity where trying to get a hold of someone Ugh. on the state level is really hard. Hold time is long. So she found um, someone at the state level and she, we found out that um, they had quick claim deeded it and then put mom on state assistance. So this assisted living had been being paid by this by the state. And so of course they're going to put a lien on it. So what Andrea was able to do was because the home was 50% the daughter and 50% the mother, she was able to get the lien only on half of the property. So the daughter could at least get her portion of it out of what she didn't get a lot, but she got some, but they had the whole, they had a lien on the entire house. And it's those types of things that people just don't, they think they can do these quick claim deeds and get them done quickly, but they don't realize that that just clouds the title. It just makes it a mess. Yes. And quick claim deeds are just not a good idea. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Just don't, you know, there (laughs) are other, don't go there. There are better options. There are some great doc prep people, great, you know, we'll handle the title or the sale part. But if you just want to move the deed 
talk to a professional. Yeah. Don't go and try to do it yourself. It's I not totally a good agree idea. with that. I totally agree with that. And two, I think that even if they're not going to use a real estate agent, if they go to a title company and just ask them, say, this is kind of what I'm planning on doing with the house, you guys can kind of give them those options of, okay, you can do this or you can do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And or you could, or or title usually likes to have a real estate agent involved just because they know all these things that have to go through with yes. it. So it's yes. better to have an agent, Absolutely. spend the money, get it done correctly so that you don't end up spending more money and more time and losing out on Absolutely. On it. And you yeah. don't know what you're looking at when you're up against some time. When you've got two people and haven't done a lot of these transactions, right. they think that they can handle it themselves. They are missing out on a lot of protections, a lot yeah. of benefit that they get that really, you know, takes care of that buyer. When we're talking about inspections, we're talking about research, we're talking about warranties, yeah. all of those things. We do always recommend working with a real estate agent to guide you through the process because it is a complicated one. It is. Yeah, definitely. Well, I appreciate you coming and we'll have you back for sure because awesome. you are a Thank wealth you. of knowledge. Thank you so much for having and me. And so if someone needs to get a hold of a uh, lawyer's title, what is the best way should they call? you directly should they call Andrea you tell us how to get a hold of you calling me is a great is great okay. I can always guide you in the direction you need to go okay my phone number is 480-707-8946 that's my cell you can text me call Perfect. I'm available and can guide you into whatever direction even okay. if it's just needing to see what your title looks like and if you want right. me to pull it I can pull that for you okay that sounds good well I appreciate that because I know a lot of people need to know some of those things before they end up yes. deciding what they're really going to do with the house, too. Absolutely. So sometimes they just got to make those decisions before even signing a listing with an, uh, an agent, too. Absolutely. So, um, to so that is our uh, podcast for today. And I want to do a shout out to the two um, sponsors that we have. We have Savior Hospice and Palliative Care, and we will be having Kim back on the show talking in depth about um, hospice and palliative and dispatch health. And we have a a show coming up with Dispatch Health has a a program with the Surprise Phoenix uh, or Surprise Fire Department. And we're going to bring in the chief and talk about their program together. So so until next time, thank you. Thanks, Lydia. (laughs) 